This presentation is from UX Australia 2019, Sydney. Uh, I have the pleasure of introducing our next speaker. Uh, his name is Jonathan Roper, and he will be speaking to us about designing for people in crisis. This will be a 20-minute talk, and then we'll have a second talk after that. Um, so welcome, Jonathan. Uh, thanks a lot for coming. This is what we're uh, covering. It's really about a project that we did, my company's Briarbird, based in Melbourne, uh, for the Victorian Mental Health Tribunal and on the redesign of their website. Um, I'm not speaking on behalf of the tribunal. This is just our views of the project and what happened and, and what we found. So I'll talk around a bit at the start about the context um, that the tribunal exists in and then talk about what we did and how we um, conducted our research and then the design processes and, and a few little insights. I think the, the overriding purpose understanding is when people are in mental crisis, they can be um, subject to a compulsory treatment order. And so that can be for, you know, if they're seen to be endangering themselves or someone else, or it's imminent, there's feelings that it's imminent, then they can be subjected to a 72-hour assessment order to get held against their will involuntarily, um, you know, normally in a psych ward. Um, that... After that assessment period, that can be a temporary order for 28 days, so you can be held in a psych ward or, you know, compulsory, some form of compulsory treatment. And then at the end of that 28 days, if your treating team thinks that they want to continue that treatment compulsorily, then there's a, a hearing. They have to go to the Mental Health Tribunal. And the aim of the tribunal, which was set up uh, in 2014 under a revision of the Act, is to really look after the rights of patients throughout this process. And their purpose is really to say, well, why would you want to prolong involuntary treatment? So the tribunal has about 8,000 hearings every year. And their aim is really to try and move people from involuntary treatment to voluntary treatment. And the tribunal, it's, um, you know, the treating teams go, it's, it's optional for a patient to appear at the tribunal and they can bring a carer or a nominated person with them. Um, but nearly half of all patients don't come. And the tribunal members are made up of um, you know, medical staff as well as community members that are mixed. And they really want involvement of patients in this process. But from a patient point of view, and this came out through our research, research as well, is that most of them haven't heard of the tribunal before they get this notice. And you think they're getting this notice when they're subject to compulsory treatment, so they're in a very traumatised space and often confused. And they don't have access to the internet often, or it's extremely uh, restricted, because they could be in a lockdown ward, for example. And they're in this, the patient's in this web of complex relationships between the treating teams and various staff there, their family, who are often in crisis themselves, and carers. So it's this incredible sort of web in all of that. So into this, we get <laughs> to, uh, you know, respond to a brief which took for, you know, to redesign the website. So the website, the original website had been put up in 2014 in a hurry, because there was a new act, so you have to have a new website. It's a new agency. Um, 
And so we got uh, uh, responded to that brief to redesign the website using user-centered design approach. So it's great for us because, uh, you know, as you know, we, you know, a lot of us have had uh, like personal uh, dealings with uh, mental health issues or people with mental health issues, and so it's great for us to be able to work on a project. Um, that matters a great deal, and particularly matters to the patients and their outcomes, and to the carers and families who are surrounding these patients. So what we did in our approach is, well, how do we understand the context? How do we understand users' needs, their goals, their tasks, what they're trying to achieve? Um, so the two core things, you know, we got great background from uh, the team and the staff there, but we observed the, of, we observed the tribunal hearings and they've taken place. It's a very sort of simple setting, and you can go on the website and see reenactments of them. There's three people in the tribunal, and then there's the treating team representative, and then there's uh, space for the patient, and uh, if they want to bring a nominated person along, they can. And sometimes they're in person, and sometimes they're through video, or when the video fails, they're through phone. So the observation of the hearings was great, but we needed to talk to people um, directly. And we needed to talk to patients and carers. And thinking around patients, what we needed to do was we needed to talk to people who had experienced the mental health tribunal, so they'd been through that process, and we had to talk to people who also potentially uh, could experience the mental health tribunal and carers in that relationship as well. So in all, you know, as you know, if you do any user research, you know, recruitment is 50% of the battle. And so, you know... For us, how do you go into this sort of really incredibly sensitive area and how do you find the right people to talk to? And the great thing about the Mental Health Tribunal and in other areas where I've worked in mental health is it's, very, it's a very strong network of organisation. You know, it's the organisation, but it reacts and interacts very closely with the community and with community and advocacy organisations. So you enter into sort of a family of organisations here. So we used the, were able to access the advocacy and carer groups who could manage the recruitment on our behalf. And in terms of the details, you know, we, had to, we did a two-page invitation to the interview, which really spelt out what the project was about, that their participation was voluntary, that they could um, bring a friend or family member along, that the interview would be, take place you know, wherever they liked, um, that they could finish the interview at any time if they felt uncomfortable. We explained the compensation, which is very important um, to a lot of people, uh, when that was going and where they could he get help if the interview um, raised issues for them. And then we did the interviews. Um, so we did about eight, I think, with patients and carers. And it's, you know, it's hard talking to people about their traumatic experiences so um, it was really important for us to just be very sort of open and, uh, and no rush. So we just used very simple questions, which you'd use in any interview, but they seem to have much more relevance here, which was, we would just start off, which, which was, you know, uh, tell us a bit about your situation. And let the, the, the participant really control the flow of information. And our probes were very... Minimal. We just let people talk. And then we use reflective questions like, what do you do now 
what, what do you know now that you wish you'd known before? Helping them reflect back on those experiences. And what's your advice to someone who might attend a hearing? So ways in which people could control the personal information, they could distance themselves from the answers they were giving so they didn't have to be too personal um, and they could control that flow. So the interview, I mean, it was very, like, you know, we were very grateful for the opportunity to do that work um, and do those interviews. Um, at, you know, as part of those interviews, we had to allow people to vent, um, and they did, uh, and so that's why it's important not to rush. So what we found is, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, people have little access, um, and they're in a traumatic space, and so, well... What the fuck's good a website in all of this? <laughs> you just go, really? <laughs> and we had to really work through that and understand who we're designing for. And we had to understand that we, we're designing for patients, who, some patients who do have access. And then we had to also understand that we're designing to how do we support carers and families who are supporting patients through that crisis? Um, and how do we target information that really works? So we sought to really redesign the website based on looking through the, the, the patient's eyes, so that primarily their perspective, and to understand their, the patient's goals, which, were, uh, which we clarified, helped me to understand and prepare for my hearing, helped me to find others who can help me with my hearing, and helped me understand the options and rights about compulsory treatment. And that last one was important because the hearing's you can make a website all about the hearings, but the issue really for people is around compulsory treatment. And there's a relationship between those two things, but they're not the same thing. So we had to answer this big question, as well as the direct um, procedural questions around the hearings. Oh, let me just go back just for a sec. What we did is, um, you know, we heard lots of stuff, we're getting lots of stuff down in our process, like your own processes, what we did is we mapped all this stuff and we started to try and document it and we would replay that with the client sort of very regularly. So we keep on telling the story about what we heard, what we think this means to a whole variety of people as, and that helped us really refine and get to the heart of what was going on. And after this uh, initial lot of research, then we had ongoing um, usability testing and, and uh, uh, throughout the rest of the process. So what it mean in terms of what do we hear um, that, that came out uh, is that people in traumatic space, you've got the patient and then often the family and carers are also sharing that sort of crisis, is that it needs to support them so they can clearly, the content needs to really spell out what their rights and options are. And the design has to be really simple and paired back, uh, welcoming, and we're digital and, and, and mobile first. So you had to really strip back. People are very sensitive, like people in mental crisis can be very sensitive to colours, to movement, to, to overload. And so how do you pair back and radically sort of simplify? And the other thing we found out is we really had to try and raise awareness of the tribunal and its processes. Um, and that was something really outside of our control, but we took that into account in terms of the website. So in terms of developing the user interface, we had to do that hand-in-hand -hand with the content. So that we really was in around 
taking 40 pages of content and crunching it down to about four pages. We had to strive for sort of radical simplicity in what's a regulatory framework. And we used the words that came out of people's mouths. And along the way, we closely involved the stakeholders, the staff, the community groups, the advisory groups um, along the way, so there were no surprises for them. So this is our first good idea. <laughs> uh, you know, it was a conversational um, interface. Because people talked, and patients talked about wanting someone to talk them through it. To have someone to talk to, to explain what was going on. Now, we can't provide that through the website, but we, talked, we experimented with a conversational uh, interface that talk the, took those four main things that people, three main things that carers are re, uh, patients are really um, focused on um, about you know they've got a tribunal hearing scheduled they don't agree with the tribunal decision or they don't agree with their treatment and thought about that as a conversation what would happen is people arrived at the website and they could take that through and how could we, could we do that to minimise the content um, that people had to wade through at any stage. So that worked to a degree, but the problem we found was that, uh, you know, it was at odds with the information architecture we started to plan. Because um, I'm back here, you might see, so we've got this beautiful conversational interface sitting there, and then at the top there's an IA that's going home, tribunal hearings, find help, compulsory treatment. And what's the overlap and what's the relationship in terms of the experience? And what we ended up doing because this was a troubling relationship for a long time, was taking this idea of the conversational device and we just turned it into the backbone for the website. And so working through that experiment of conversation just helped us simplify as a whole. And so the information architecture became what happens at a tribunal hearing and how to prepare for a tribunal hearing. And I don't agree with my treatment. And for all sorts of reasons, um, that turned out to be the simplest possible way we could do it. And that's what we we're very concerned of. We didn't want to have any fancy features. We weren't trying to win a design award or have any snazzy tech. We needed to be really dead simple and fast and very simple and incredibly paired back to use. And we needed the journeys, the click-through journeys through the sites to be very simple and direct. I think when, um, you know, working particularly like in the, the mental health uh, area, uh, you know, we come in as a design consultancy, um, but it's a team sport. And we had a lot of, you know, the team is people with lived experience, so we've been through it, community members, carers, staff, psychiatrists, CEO, the chair. You've got to involve all these people in the work that you're doing because they're the people who carry through the work. So our process is we really, you know, we do the research and we start just telling the story about what we've found and invite feedback and we go to design. And then we really, this is the, the big thing for us, is once you've got that narrative flowing and then you define the goals and you clearly establish those goals based on the evidence and the research and you get agreement from the community that these are the goals, then you're fine. And then the design process is... You know, it has its little rocks and hurdles and, and roundabouts. But then you're on the right path. Because everyone's on board with the goals. Everyone's on board with the research. 
and then we show how to reach those goals. And then as the design progresses, we reflect back against the goals. Is it in line with the goals? Yes, we can proceed. If it's not, um, go back to the drawing board. So we design and test with users and then rinse and repeat. I think in summary, um, we're able to make things better, but you know, best is a fair way off. And I think what became very clear to us is, you know, you know if anyone, you know, if you're working on a website or an app, you're just in this little slice of someone's experience. And in this mental health journey, particularly with the mental health tribunal, it starts over here with a patient receiving a notice of hearing, which is like a blaring siren. And we got to look at these notice of hearings and they read like you're getting a parking fine. <laughs> and even the name, the tribunals for, for patients and carers, makes people think of the footy tribunal, that they're going to be suspended. So there's this massive part of the journey which we're not influencing and which we're just sort of mitigating a bit through the website. And then the journey proceeds after people have been to the hearing because some people the journey ends well and for some others it's endless. So we are very conscious of the limited scope of our work, about what we could achieve. But we tried to do that really based on what we understood from patients, what we heard from them, and how you can really boil things down to try and make it as simple as possible for them and their carers and their families. Um, so in a small way, you know, I think we help show internally the organisation how the UX toolkit can help in uh, developing patient-centric products and uh, bringing everyone along on board. Thanks a lot.